You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. And I was just like, Vogue, you guys, you guys are the same people. I, I said this. I was like, this is the same magazine that said that posted on instagram not even a few days ago like activism is chic get involved and you guys are really it's it's offensive there's people that are dying over these pros it's like the same thing that people from the pepsi commercial like i yeah. get that you want people to get involved but no that's unacceptable it's not acceptable it's totally tone deaf yeah and stop wasting everyone's time if you're gonna have us all come here then let's get straight to the chase yes. if not then keep talking about whatever you guys want to talk yes. about but don't pretend to want to make a difference that's today's guest, Rachel Amandi. She said those words in a room full of the most influential, important people in fashion at Vogue's headquarters. Anna Wintour herself was in the audience. It speaks to why this interview was so much fun. Rachel is smart. She's outspoken. She's opinionated. And she has just an amazing backstory. I hope you guys loved the episode. And I just also want to say thank you to everyone who listens to this show. You know, I make this on the side on top of my, you know, full-time job. And I do it out of love. So every single person who subscribes, who tells a friend, I am so, so grateful. And if you're listening to the show on the iTunes podcast app, you can really help me out by leaving a rating or a review. Five stars if you're happy. I want to hear from you guys. All right. Without further ado, let's get, let's get to this conversation. It's a good one. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard. You're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I'm sitting here with Rachel Amandi. Did I say Hi. that correctly? Yes, perfectly. Uh, esteemed uh, fashion designer who I feel like I've followed you for a while, but we're meeting for the first time today. Yes. And um, I feel like you have a lot to say. Just because, let me tell you what, <laughs> you know, you, you've been written about, you know, the Fader did a great piece on you. Yeah. There was a great piece on you from New York Mag. Yeah. And I almost felt like, those articles weren't long enough to contain your story. Like, I, I imagine that the journalists were sitting with you like, oh my gosh, this girl is so candid. She's like saying so much about the fashion industry that no one ever says, right? Yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, when it comes to the fashion industry, there's a lot of tiptoeing. I'm just not really like a tiptoeing kind of person. person. Yes, you talked about like how fashion week's not for you. Yeah. You talked about all of the bullshit in the industry. Yeah. And you don't hear that a lot. So it was like, for me, at least as a reader, it was like refreshing. It was like, oh, wow, who is this like young girl with such a strong point of view? Yeah. Who's not afraid to say what she thinks. I don't think it's that scary. It's, you know, sometimes when you say things that are unpopular opinions, it almost terrifies other people more than it scares you. And they're kind of shocked. True. And they're like, I can't believe you're saying, you know, true, and I'm kind true. of like, it's not that crazy. It's like almost like, um, 
I don't know, this might be a silly example, but I would liken it to getting a meal at a, at a restaurant that you weren't satisfied with and wanting to return it and, and exchange it. Some and people, people are weird about that. Some people are very weird about yeah. that. And I've always been the type of person like, why are you? Of course. So he- like, of course. Like, it's your money. Like, just yeah, ask for what you want. Exactly. And they'll make it again. I have a quote of yours that I'm obsessed with Uh-oh. that I have to pull up from, I think this was something that you said to the theater. Okay, so the so the question is, you said the brand is an autobio- autobiographical look at yourself. Do you find it hard to stay true to yourself, to tell the story through your experience? And your response was, no, because that's the whole point of self. It's not hard to be yourself. That sounds very patronizing for people who are still trying to find out what that means. But once you find it, it's not that hard. It's the most natural thing you could ever do. You never really second guess it. It's really fucking easy. It's the greatest scam of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like... That is brilliant in such a, it's a simplistic distillation of what it means to be yourself, mm-hmm. but I think that people do overthink it, mm-hmm. and they, they spend their life thinking, like, who am I, and what does it all mean? But- and I know that, that the reason why I said that that can, that can come off very patronizing is because I do, um, I do understand that place of kind of trying to figure out what that means for you. I definitely don't think I ever struggled with it as much as maybe some people do. Mm. Um, I've gone through phases and things here and there, and of course you're always learning about yourself, but I, I don't think I truly ever struggled with being myself the way I've heard some people describe it. Mm-hmm. The only person that knows how to do it is you. Exactly. And there's no one else who can tell you how to be yourself except yes. for you. And Did you go through that like awkward middle school? No. Never. I didn't, know. Um, Interesting. So wait, tell me a little yeah. bit more about kind of growing up. Like, take me back to, like, you're 13. What's life like? At 13 years old, I was in seventh grade. I was going to a private Christian school in Champaign, Illinois, called oh, Judah Christian School. Um, Very different from your lifestyle now, no. I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Because you live in... I live in Brooklyn. You live in Brooklyn. Yeah. You're like... Um, yeah. And I do what I want. I worked for myself and so I'm very free in that sense but um yeah I was going to a private Christian school that was predominantly white but also just very small in general mm-hmm. um and um I grew up I mean my parents are Kenyan but I grew up I was born in Oklahoma we moved around a lot and we were not army brats that's everyone's second question I grew up mainly in the midwest okay um so between like the midwest and Kenya yeah Exactly. That's, yeah. Exactly. And always small towns in the Midwest. Never anywhere big. Never anywhere okay. popping. Like always, very small towns. Um, and so that was my upbringing. But in terms of like having an awkward teenage stage, no. Or I don't know. I guess maybe other people could say that. But no. But if you didn't, feel I it, didn't that's feel amazing. That. I didn't feel that. I. Um, I think I dealt with like normal things. Like mm-hmm. I never really had like body image issues or like self hate kind of issues with my image Mm -hmm. um I never I was always very personable in terms of like making friends I just had Mm -hmm. a normal and when you went so where in Kenya were you going were you going to Nairobi Nairobi? mainly so when you went to Nairobi did you feel out of place there or did you also kind of like seamlessly just fit it like did you feel like an American outsider definitely felt American it's a weird dichotomy because that's home to my parents Mm -hmm. and whenever they referred to it they referred to it as home right so and even sometimes I say that I catch myself saying like oh when I'm back home but I actually was born and raised in America yes I have I've never been to East Africa but one of the things that strikes me when I go to a place 
that has all brown people is like looking around and just seeing like everyone around me is black. Not even in Harlem anymore can you really experience mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And maybe in, and I've never been to Nairobi, maybe there are lots of white people in Nairobi, but everyone's I would imagine. Everyone's black. I would, like, I would imagine if I went to a place like that at a young age, I would be very struck by the fact that everyone around me, everywhere I looked was black. This might sound really strange, but I don't even think I was aware that I was black until at least maybe like middle school. Interesting. Or something. Interesting. So it's not like I went to Kenya and was like, oh, everyone's black here. And I went to uh, back home and I was like, everyone's white. I don't, even when I was around all white kids you during didn't kindergarten, think first grade, second grade, third, I ne- it never occurred to me Interesting. At all. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, Okay, I don't want to say you're like a pro-black designer, but you, you've been very open about it. But I about, am, yeah. Yeah, you, you think you, you love black girls, you want to cast black girls in your campaigns, you're like an mm. advocate for women with dark skin. So it's interesting to me to hear that you didn't see yourself as black until like middle school. I didn't even, I didn't, it didn't occur to me, which it does sound really weird, doesn't well, it? I, you know, when I look back at my childhood, I was totally unaware of anything image-wise. My hair, mm. being ashy. I mean, if you look at pictures of me, I was just like a kid. I was just playing. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that my best friends were white. It didn't occur, it really truly didn't occur yeah. to me. Um, when I was in middle school, I think... I don't know. It's interesting that we're talking about this because I actually haven't thought about it as much <laughs> ever as I am right now, which I, sounds well, strange. As, or... as an adult, I, I, don't, I rarely think about my adolescence. But then when you think about it, it kind of, you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of why yeah. I am the way I am. Yeah. And then when I went to public school, public high school specifically, I think that's where the shift actually happened for me being okay. like, oh, I'm a black girl. Yes, yes. When you were in high school, <laughs> who were the black like celebrities or musicians who were popular. I rem- for me, it was mm-hmm. like seeing the popularity of Destiny's Child. I was like, oh, I I kind of look like them. Like that's like when I started like identifying more with black culture. And that was that was way before high school. That was like you know yeah. ten years old. Um, yeah, it was Destiny's Child was de- definitely one for sure. Um, Naomi. Oh my gosh, um, yes. Eric, really any black girl I could get my hands on, <laughs> I yes. was going to cling on to for dear life. Know. You know, in any form that they came in. So like acting, musician, um, I loved, I've never forget, I told her this, you know, back in high school days, I had like collage galore, you know, I was mood boarding yes. way before I knew I was mood boarding. Yes. Um, but I had this picture of Erica Badu with like a huge fro and ripped up denim and converse and just a wife beater and I thought it was oh like the most natural cool like yeah. black girl that I'd ever seen yeah and yeah I remember seeing Erica Badu and being like whoa like mm-hmm. and just people there was are no, that cool yeah, yeah there was no like I said any black girl I saw at that point I was like her that's me I'm that, <laughs> yes. I'm that version you know yes, when it came yes. to Spice Girls I wanted to be Scary Spice yeah, so does it does that kind of inform your decisions around like casting all black models but in my mind, I live in a world where all girls are black. Right. And so I kind of, I guess, illustrate that by, by what I'm doing. But mainly because I, during high school and, and so forth, I realized how hard it actually was to be a black girl, especially for like girls like you or me that were into fashion and oh my God. style and all these things there that I like felt like... like two people. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And that's why I think the internet is so great, right? Girls grow up having the internet so they can find people that look like them doing yeah. interesting and things. Yeah, lucky for them because, I mean, when I was in high school, I felt very alienated yeah. by the fact that all of it, the whole experience, 
um, not high school per se. Like, mm-hmm. again, I didn't have, I wasn't bullied. I had really good friends. Like, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I had a good experience. But um, that was, like, me more so coming into my, like, oh, I'm a black girl, and I can't wear my hair wet to school, and I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even just being, like, ashamed of my hair, which I didn't realize until, you know, until hindsight. Like, I didn't know that I didn't mm. know. I didn't know that I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Do you know what I'm right. saying? And that the reason why I wore microbraids all the time was because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Right. And there wasn't really, like, any proper... Um, platform for me to like learn about myself which sounds really bizarre but um even with me going to Kenya all the time even I mean I didn't grow up with my mother so it was just me and my father and so he wasn't obviously the best person to like teach me how to be a woman he was in his own way but yeah yeah yeah. he wasn't doing your hair in the morning no no, no. yeah and so just like all of those things are just trying to play with makeup for the Mm -hmm. first time and not really seeing your color anywhere and it's, it's weird to live in America this is the kind of subtleties that I think people don't really understand who are not people of color but it's weird to live in America, born and raised, like yeah. I'm an American, mm-hmm. and to just be very aware that a lot of the corporations that exist just flat out are not speaking to you. Absolutely. So when it comes to like trying on makeup or like, you know, at that age, girls are shaving for the first time, they're tanning maybe for the first time, they're experimenting with makeup or like um, any type of like beauty health care mm-hmm, regimen mm-hmm. and so like sleepover talk. Oh gosh, yeah. And you just can't, maybe can't identify with it or... I have to do this, or I have to put lotion on when I leave the shower, or I have to put oil in my hair. Just certain things that, because you're different, you feel, like, not even outcasted, but just separated. You you become aware of that difference. Mm -hmm. So when did you first start experimenting with, like, makeup and changing your hair? I think makeup, seventh grade, a little bit. And then in high school, I don't really feel like I wore makeup that much. I think I wore, like, mascara more. Um, and then I think college, I would say, I really started experimenting. Experimenting. More. And I feel like you change your hair a lot. Like, I rem- um, a few months ago, you had, like, platinum, platinum, like, platinum blonde hair. Yeah. How, did you just, like, bleach it all? Yeah. And then... Yep. So, well, I've never dyed my hair lighter. I really want to, but I'm afraid to because I feel like the chemicals are really intense. They are. What is the process? And also, is your hair natural? Yes, it's natural. Okay. Um, I don't really... So, okay, let me just take you back. When I was living, okay, so actually, I remember you from Glamorous Eccentric. That's like was my first oh, introduction to you. My God. Mm-hmm. That was my blog when mm-hmm. I think I was in college. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. And I have to explain all Wait, this to this preface. This is so insane. I have to say all this to preface where I'm going with it. But basically, I remember Glamorous <laughs> Eccentric. So I had a blog at the time called The Milk and Wine. And oh, I, I think I know. Okay. We were like blogger friends. Like we would like Whoa. comment on each other's stuff. Wait, this is really insane. Yeah. <laughs> so like we're, about, we're actually like childhood friends. Yeah. <laughs> Basically we've known each other for run. like 10 years. Yeah, we can run with that. Oh my gosh, because the Glamorous Eccentric, I think I started in like 2008. Like it's like old. Oh no, I remember. Like 2007. Oh yeah. So this like, okay. This oh my God. This back, right? Yes, okay. Please so continue. I, so I knew this, well knew, I saw this girl named Brooke. She had this blogger she was this black girl that lived in New York that I thought had really great style and at the time you know blogging was new and I hadn't seen that and I was like oh I like her follow and I think we just like it wasn't extensive it was like we commented on each other's blog spots Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. or whatever and then I was living in Atlanta and then I started started seeing you in Atlanta often oh like from like the whole late boots yeah okay okay okay. and I was like oh that's that girl's blog I follow but you were more like or I don't know correct me if I'm wrong you were more like on the AUC which I never went over there okay um that like 
totally was not my scene, but I do, I didn't know, I have girlfriends, like, went to Spelman and stuff like that, okay. and so I'd, like, seen pictures more so of you over there, and then when I was living in Atlanta, it's, like, we've capital oh, of the world. Oh, my God. And coming from, <laughs> yeah, right? I was not, I was not prepared, like, I, I would go to class, and everyone was so dressed up, and I was like, wait, and they would be like, are you going to do something with your hair, like, are you, like, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I'm not prepared, <laughs> like, not yeah. prepared for, like, southern beauty. Yeah, it's, it's really intense. It's on another level. Yeah. But um, that being said, I was, like, very excited to participate in, like, weave culture at the time. <laughs> yes, Because I was like, oh, my culture. God, not only is there weaves out here, but they're done to, like, perfection. perfection. <laughs> they are done to perfection. <laughs> like, I'm all about it. So when I was there, I had a weave in most of the time, and my hair grew a lot, actually. Yeah, because it's protected. But little did I know that. I still was like, I don't know what to do with my hair, so I'm not going to touch it, you right. know? Um, and now then, they call that a protective style. Exactly. <laughs> a weave is a protective style, yeah. A rose by any other name. She'd smell sweet. Um... But so it was really after I left there that I was like, had this kind of epiphany where I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want with my hair because I was, I felt like I was too dependent on wearing a weave. Yes. Yes. And that was just something I was not into. But I, I'm the same way. I, like I had crochet braids in, so I had like a weave essentially. And now I'm wearing my natural hair. And Which some, looks great by the way. Thank you. And the thing is, I, I, I don't get weaves put in because I don't like the way my hair looks I just like can't deal with it like sometimes like at night like I just don't want to like twist it and then I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh like what do I do with this mm -hmm. there's something so easy about just like mm -hmm. having some someone else's hair in your head but okay sure. and there's continue. something wrong with that but yeah. I wasn't at that place okay at the time okay. it was literally like I didn't want I didn't know what to do and yes. I didn't want to deal with right. it and then I I just am the type of person that I don't want to be a slave to anything. Uh, yes, to anything. yes, and dependent on a hairdresser yeah, to take not, it out, like so you can feel even able to walk outside. Yeah, that's not healthy. Yes. <laughs> My point is, since that moment, which was like seven, maybe six or seven years ago, six years ago, I think I totally stopped caring about what happened to my hair. <laughs> I did not care. I shaved it. You I grew back out. You weren't doing like again. length checks and like no, the whole no, no, natural no. hair community obsession with no, no, you no. Know, growing your hair long. Okay. No. The minute that I got to that place mentally and within myself, I was like down for whatever. Okay. So that meant like I would wear box braids. I shaved my head. I grew it out. I cut it again. Um, How was it having a shaved head? It was interesting. It was cool. It was interesting. I mean, it was obviously the easiest style ever, but I already feel that I dress somewhat of a tomboy, and so with a shaved head, I didn't feel like I could do that as much, so yes. I definitely, like, girled it up a bit more. Like, I felt the same. When I first, yeah. like, did my big chop, as they call it, and I had mm -hmm. super short hair, I was, like, doing the most with my makeup, yeah. like, big earrings, like, just to try to make yourself feel more feminine, mm -hmm. but actually, you don't need that, because when I see girls with super short hair, like a shaved head, even if they are like in a tomboy outfit, they still look feminine. You know, what mm -hmm. makes you feminine isn't really your hair. For sure. That For you just, sure. You get those, those wires crossed. And it's also like how you want to feel. Exactly. So I would definitely like wear maybe like a pop of color of lipstick or like earrings mm -hmm. or just more jewelry in general, stuff like that. But I mean, that eventually grew out and I um, at one point like was just keeping it like in cornrows like okay. straight up like d'angelo style yes. like just wearing my natural hair but i was I kind corners. of like at that point i was kind of playing with my hair for the first time really mm. ever you mm. know so um i i had grown it out and i decided that i wanted to bleach it um so did you go to a professional to get it bleached yes i texted my friend who's a beauty editor at new york magazine and i was like where do i go this is what i want wait to who did you text to hire hairston okay i think chrissy talked about her yeah in her podcast okay. Oh, and um, gotta meet this woman. I keep hearing about her. Yes. 
I texted Tahira, hi Tahira, and I said, um, I sent her a picture of these like Melanesian kids. I'm sure you've seen them. These kids on like that live off the coast of Africa that grow blonde hair. Oh yes. Yeah, and I was like, um, do they also have light eyes? Mm, some of them. Some of them, yeah. But some of them are like dark, like darker yeah, dark, than dark, me, dark, 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 yeah. blonde hair, yeah. And I was like, I want this look. And she was like, um, you're going to think this is crazy, but you need to go see this white girl in Brooklyn. And I was you like, like, what? Whoa, so I'm going I, to a white person to get my hair done? Yeah, yeah that, would, that would throw me what? for a loop. Um, but I went to go see her, and she dyed my hair, and she did a double process, and then I went back again like four Sweet, months Sorry, later. sorry, you're going too fast. What is a double process? To be honest, I don't even know. Okay. I, we did it twice. So she put some stuff in your hair. It gets washed out. Mm-hmm. Put more I, stuff I, in I your hair. again, and I wanted to do it again because she didn't believe me but I was like I'm here to go all the way okay and so I think the first time she did it she was trying to like test drive yes like how mm -hmm. how committed is she really to having like platinum blonde hair yeah and also she's a a white woman that dealt with predominantly black clients like she lived in a black salon yeah for sure interesting so um so we did that and then we rinsed it out and I saw and I was like I don't think you get me. <laughs> You're like, I, I, I need to go more. We're going all the yeah, way. Yeah. And she was like, well, you know, sometimes it's a little bit jolting for women who've never done this before and your scalp might burn a bit. And I'm like, I've had a relaxer before. Like, I can definitely, like, girl. Yeah. A white woman's telling me, like, yeah. what I can, like, do you know what we've been through with our yeah. hair? Like, do you know the kind of, like, exactly. horrible burning sensations we've exactly. experienced? Okay. So um, then we did it again, which is a crazy thing. that what did make me nervous is that you can't bleach wet hair. So we actually had to dry it again and then bleach it again. So Blow dry it and uh-huh. then put, oh my God. And then do it again. You weren't worried about your hair at all. I didn't I, care. Yeah, you were just like, it's just, that's the thing though, it's just hair. It's just hair. Like yeah. at that point when you've been, when you've shit buzzed your head shaved, like yeah. that's the worst that it could possibly be, the quote unquote worst. Yeah. And I've li- and I did that with like ease to yeah. me, you know, like I felt yeah. confident and comfortable. So I was yeah. like. I'm just here to experiment. Like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. And, uh, yeah, and I loved it. Totally it looked, it loved looked it. amazing. Thank I was, like, you. dying over your pictures. It yeah, amazing. I loved it. And I did not take nearly enough pictures yeah, of it. Yeah, you should have taken more pictures. I know. So I did it again. Oh, you did it again. <laughs> three months later, three or four months okay. later, when I had, like, maybe, like, two or three inches of roots in, I did it again. And then that was really fun. And then it just started to, like, break off. And I was just yeah. doing too much, like, because... Um, I mean, I took, I took good care of it, and there was a whole new regimen that I needed, obviously, having blonde hair, but I was definitely, like, going a little bit overboard, because, to be fair, I'm not, like, that's why it's crazy that we're even talking about beauty with me, because I'm not, um, I'm not that girl. I'm not the, like, black girl who's doing the best job taking care of her hair. Like, but I don't no wrap it at night, I don't, like, do deep conditionings every week, or okay. whatever, like, people are supposed to be doing, like, I didn't, so there was a lot of times that... <laughs> Honestly, with bleach blonde hair. Yeah, you need I was a like, lot of care. I had a satin pillowcase, and I think that was about as far as I took it. Okay, that's something. And so when it started to break off, I was like, okay, I think I should chill. And so then I started <laughs> putting it in braids and like, I'm yeah, gonna but you, have, you have blonde highlights in your braids now, and that yeah. looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing that's great about like adding hair because you can experiment with color and all mm. of that stuff. Do you feel like you get sick of hairstyles often? That's like my biggest issue. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, even if I'm wearing my natural hair, I'll be into it for a while. And then, like, after two months, I'm like, I need to do something with my hair. And then I'll get something put in, and I'll like it at first. And I'll be like, oh, I need to do something with my hair. Yeah, always. I think that's just, I don't know. I don't even want to, like, marginalize it. I was going to say maybe that's, like, black women, but maybe that's just women. But I maybe think that's it's, just you and me. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, what I'm realizing from talking to all types of women is it's just women. So, like... You know, my friend Lucy will always be like, should I grow out my bangs? Like, should I get this mm-hmm. haircut? People will be like, oh, should I get highlights? Like, people, women in general, not guys, guys 
I just had the, Don't care. the yeah. easiest with everything. <laughs> but I feel like girls in general are always like between hairstyles, haircuts, mm-hmm. figuring out what they want to do next because mm-hmm. it's such a, I feel like the way your hair looks really impacts you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I don't want to think that. I'd like to think that your the way your hair looks doesn't have like a big impact, but I think it kind of But it does. It kind for of sure. does. Like I'm strictly growing my hair out for the next 4 months. I'm doing protective styles like for the next nice. like, 4 to 6 months just to like grow it out again. Like this is a chill, yes. but you know, this that's the thing. It comes back. You yes. just have to like chill. So when it does grow back, are you going to get into like beauty treatments because I've got a lot of tips for you? I mean, if you give me tips, and maybe I will, I just feel like I'm the worst Here's the thing. girl when it Here, comes here's to my the hair. Thing. I think that all of the like natural hair beauty experts make it seem so complicated that it just becomes like, I'm not doing any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, you know, like, whip your own shea butter and like, harvest your own. Like, it's just like, it's like so much, <laughs> and you're true. like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not like going to plant seeds in my outdoor garden and like, grind them. Like, I'm not going to do all of this. Yeah. I, there's like a, there's like a compromise in between that's not like all the way like mm-hmm. Ayurvedic hardcore natural beauty that you can still like slowly but surely mm-hmm. kind of like work on. I also don't think that I, my grade of hair is not uh, difficult for me when it's natural. Yeah. It's not complex. It's not oh, that's a hard blessing. on me. That's yeah. A I think it does what you want it to do. Yeah. I mean, I have really fine hair and I always have, um, even when I, I have fine pictures hair too. Of, yeah. As a, as a kid. So even when my hair is natural and, um, fresh out of the shower with nothing in it. It's yeah. not, it's totally manageable. Okay. There's a lot of women that don't have that and it's yes. really thick and it's really coarse and it's really long. And yeah. so for them being natural is actually like quite a burden. Yeah. It's like for a me, job. it's like very soft and easy to, you know, I can, t- it's, it's, and I don't have a lot of it. Right. So, so it it's easier. not a big deal for me to be natural at all. It's really yeah. easy. Yeah. When, when you t- take me through your casting process or even just, even before we get to casting, are you on the cycle of like making, how many collections a year do you do? We've done one collection a year. Okay. Do you know who you remind me of in terms of like design process and just like overall feelings towards the industry? Yeah. Azadun Alaya. Really? Have you heard about his whole no. vibe? Okay. I'm obsessed with him. He is complete like anti-fashion. He doesn't believe in like showing a fashion week. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't believe in like all of the like pre-fall, pre-spring, like 15 million seasons because he's like For it's sure. all bullshit. And like somehow he like pissed off Anna Wintour. Like he's like never been featured in Vogue. Like I find that hard to believe. He no, he's they have like serious beef. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he did. Well, I have serious beef with Vogue, so... Do you? No, not really, but yes, also. Wait, but what? Because I'm with Vogue specifically or with Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, L. No, Vogue. Vogue? Yeah. I'm, I, like, worship at the altar of Vogue. Tell me what they did wrong. They're just lame. You just think it's just not... It's just, it's just not it. They're, they're not, not getting it, it right. They're not... It's like... It's just ironic, right? Because this magazine that is not even magazine, this brand, yeah, right, that um, is iconic, mm-hmm. um, and rightfully so for a lot of reasons and for many years. Yeah, it just so happens that they can't keep up when it comes to the future. When it comes to well, I call the present the future. That's just something I say with my friends and stuff. But, like, um, we live in the future. I say that all the time. Yeah. And they just, they feel, there's, you know, certain brands that just don't get it. Like, you know, the Pepsi fiasco. Oh, God. And, you know, there's just certain times where I see them and I'm like, 
this is a mess. I just, I mean, we're getting off topic, but like Vogue is a mess. I will say no, that this is very on, on the record. They wait, are a hot mess. This is very on topic. Wait. <laughs> and it's embarrassing. It's wait. embarrassing because there's so many other magazines and so many other brands that are getting it. Maybe not right, but definitely doing a lot better to hit, put their finger on the pulse of the mm. times. And that's what Vogue is supposed to do, or that's what they at least say that they do. And they're doing so the opposite of that, that I mm. get secondhand embarrassment for Vogue. <laughs> I feel like I'm embarrassed for you guys. Yeah, but also like people like you and I are insiders, perhaps. Like the right. average person who's living in you know Oklahoma or whatever, they still maybe think Vogue is like the pinnacle of all fashion reporting, whereas like any person on the inside knows that's not true so fashion reporting i would agree but i still think vogue has like a, at least in the print magazine has a very high standard in terms of like editorial direction styling you don't feel that i do feel that that is like, true i love tawny goodman i think she's like the most amazing she's a stylist genius. that is true everything is like so crisp and amazing and like she puts things together and i'm like this is perfection and this is you i obviously like love grace that is true, but I'm more so talking about like Vogue. the content, perhaps. Okay. Well, Vogue.com also feels like yeah. a blog to me. I also was very disappointed with um, the emergence of Style.com to Vogue Runway. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just for me being like an old school like Style.com reader, I obviously oh God, didn't obviously. love that. Yeah. Um, but like, it's more, it's more just like, you know. Their editorials are still awesome. Anytime I ever put anyone on the cover and style them and do their makeup, they always make them look exceptional. Exceptional. They have an amazing team yeah. of people that they work with. And in that regard, for sure, Vogue yeah. is still at the top. But in terms of like their content and the conversation that surrounds what they're putting out, I just, I'm just, I'm Yeah, super it's kind of bored. lame. You're it's right. It's really lame. Yeah. It's kind of lame. It's... I went to this, sorry. No, 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 please. I went to this, Vogue invited me to this like, I mean, they invite somebody to this, whatever. This like, what are, and they do this all the time too, which is why I just kind of oh laugh. Gosh. But it's like um, diversity in the fashion industry panel conversations okay. that they do. That well, they've like, got to try. But like, if we're gonna do it, then let's do it. Okay, so so tell me about this panel. Okay, so we did this panel at One World Trade, and um, it was like Virgil, Elaine, uh, Joel. Abloh Ablo from, from Off White, Elaine Welchroth from Teen Vogue. Um, Chioma from Vogue. Okay. And forget his name, editor in chief of GQ. Can't remember. Point is, it's not even about the panelists. They were all fine. But um, there was an hour long. I spent the first 30 minutes essentially talking about the background of all of the people that were on the panel. Okay. Like where Virgil came from and where Elaine came from a bit and where Chioma and blah, blah. I had to leave exactly in one hour because I was hosting an event um, for, at, at Soho House that evening, a dinner for our collection that we just okay. put out. Light flex? Yeah. So. <laughs> I had to leave exactly in an hour, and I almost wasn't even going to go, but yeah. I was like, well, let me just go and see. And so I was so irritated the whole time I was there because the room was full of influencers. This wasn't something that was open to the public. Okay. It was full of designers. Like, yep. Altazar was there, and oh, wow. I mean, you know, Anna obviously was there, and everyone. There tons of people that worked at Condé Nast, tons of people that didn't. Designers, models, big models. Um, oh, wow. Like you know, bloggers, it was full of influencers mm -hmm. and it wasn't even a huge group of people. I would say there might've been maybe. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. 
experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 200 people there. Okay. So the first 30 minutes we talk about the panelists, and then the second 30 minutes... The other, I mean, sorry, the second half, they're like, can we, we want to open up the question, the floor, whatever. For questions, For yeah. questions, blah, blah, What can we do to bring more diversity to the blah, blah, And so Grace Mahari spoke first, and right after her, I got the mic, and I was like, Look. Oh, gosh. <laughs> as soon as you got the mic, people should have known. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I yeah. just announced, said, introduced myself. My name is Rachel. I own a small women's wear brand. You know, we're, we keep talking about these, these trigger words like diversity and inclusion and representation, which to me are all tokenism. Yep. And that's not why we're here. I don't think that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. So tokenism is not the issue. There's plenty of representation for us everywhere, right? We're on television. You put Lupita on the cover. Like there's tons of black girls, Asian girls, like whatever. That's not the issue. The problem is there's no, there's no context. There's no frame of reference for what's going on behind that. And I think that if you guys really want to talk about fixing this issue, then we should really talk about it instead of wasting what we now have 26 minutes left to, to kind of skim over this topic that really is a huge topic. And next time, it's just, it's just not enough. Yep. It's not enough. And I felt like you're, waste, you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. The, we, Kate, you brought us all the way over here. Right. To talk about where Virgil's from, we all know yes, who he yes, is. Yes. He wouldn't be here. Yeah, it's like let's skip the introductions. We know who everyone is. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It was just it was borderline offensive to me, but also mm. like spoken. And so I'm the right. type of person, you know what I mean, to say that. But what I did get was a standing ovation, which I which oh my, oh gosh. my god, Brooke, I, I'm not kidding. The minute I got done talking, <laughs> I was so scared. Did, the minute because I was talking did from like my, the room freeze. No, not really. It ended up being fine, but for myself, I was talking like from my heart and what was just what I was just fidgeting in my because I'm looking at my watch. Like yeah. I have to go, and yeah. I wanted to come to this thinking that it might be something a real conversation about. Yeah, yes. and I was just like Vogue. You guys, you guys are the same people. I I said this. I was like, this is the same magazine that said that posted on Instagram not even a few days ago like activism is chic get involved and you guys are really it's it's offensive there's people that are dying over these pros it's like the same thing that people from the Pepsi commercial like I yeah. get that you want people to get involved but no that's unacceptable it's not acceptable it's totally tone deaf yeah and stop wasting everyone's time if you're gonna have us all come here then let's get straight to the chase yes. if not then keep talking about whatever you guys want to talk yes. about but don't pretend to want to make a difference if this is how you guys are Exactly. I want to save no. face. Like, see, you said this in front of this like whole room full of like editors, people, like the no most one important knows who people in fashion. Yeah, and the minute I'm, the minute I got done talking, I was literally shaking. I was like, oh my god, I just totally blacklisted myself. That was totally inappropriate. <laughs> And I wasn't being, like, disrespectful. But instead, you probably did the opposite. You probably, like, made a huge impression on everyone there. Oh, 100%. The minute it was over, everyone was like, I loved what you said. I want to talk to you, but I couldn't stay. I had to leave. So... (laughs) Which makes you even more, like, mysterious and amazing. (laughs) Like, just, like, come in, like, drop, like, this, like, huge gem and then, like, run out the I really wasn't even trying to be. But I just, you know, for me, it's just, it's, for me, it's harder to sit back and not say things sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like... Yeah, Yes, and people probably applauded because everyone probably felt exactly yeah, the same sure. way you did, and they people, were like, "Thank God, someone." I said think a something. lot of people were thinking the same thing. I didn't realize how many, but yeah, but that's just an example of like why Vogue just gets on my nerves. But they just like <laughs> do don't you, try. I don't who think. do you think is doing a good job? 
do you think do you think any of the big like established brands are doing a good job? Well, it's weird because I feel like Teen Vogue and Vogue like they almost don't. Even, I don't like do they speak to each other? Like do they know the same people? Like, they're pretty separate. Entities. I mean, they're they yeah, have they're, to be they're very separate. You know? um, but I think Teen Vogue is doing a great job, especially for young girls. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. really know if young girls like. I wish I had had a Teen Vogue that exists now. Yes, the I wish time. I had the existing version of Teen Vogue. Exactly, I yeah. think they're doing a good job, um, and I think like, you know startups honestly are doing better jobs than mm. these old corporations like i think emily is doing a great job with glossy i think she yeah, gets glossy it she gets amazing. it she's one of us you know yeah she's young and she started a blog that started a conversation about like really i mean bloggers that whole landscape of just being able to speak out and having great taste mm-hmm. and make great content it shifted the whole paradigm it did it did and I know that do there's you, a lot of editors that like don't like that, but I know I think it's great. It, I think it is really good. Do do you miss blogging? I was gonna ask you if you still blog, but like clearly you don't, because no. like no one blogs anymore. Um, no, do I miss it? No, I don't miss it. I specifically stopped blogging because I didn't want to be a blogger, which is crazy that I was like that thinking that far that thinking, far ahead. You were like, this is popular, but it's gonna get played out. So like, I'm gonna not that it's gonna get played out. I mean, there's bloggers that made careers and they did you know awesome things with it, but um, I didn't want to be a blogger come desi- designer like turned to- I, mean, I went to school for it and I design and I make patterns and if like the world crashed tomorrow I could sit there with paper and pencil and I could make clothing you, you know clothing. that's amazing and and I wanted to be I mean I don't know how like quote-unquote seriously I'm taking as much I don't know how seriously I'm taking as much shit as I talk but like I definitely wanted that to be like a strong point for me yeah no I think you're well one I think you're taken extremely seriously because the work speaks for itself like your personality aside if someone just saw your clothes they would be like wow I think your personality and your ability to be outspoken and fearless about that only complements your talent like it, it makes you stand out even more hopefully yeah yeah that's that's what I want but I mean I'm not I'm not mad at anyone trying to like do their thing and make money and do their thing I just think you know, there's some bloggers that like really kept the story moving. Yeah. And I find that interesting. And those mm-hmm. are the ones that obviously are yes. still around or like, you know, Emily obviously now has like a product lot, you know, she's actually offering products now. Yeah. And even, even Leandra Medine with Man Repeller, I don't, I always, so many bloggers didn't really know how to write. Yes. And she actually was a good writer. And so yes. I always stayed loyal to that because I appreciate good mm-hmm. writing. Of course. Um, her sense of humor is not really my sense of humor, but I definitely appreciate like what she did yep. and what she built and everything around, you know, like a serious site about whatever, humorous fashion, whatever. Um, and she's been able to like parlay yeah. that. And yeah. there's certain people that were able to like do something with yeah. it. And I just didn't want to have to be in a position where I was having to like figure out what that next thing was going yes. to be as a blogger. I feel you. I feel you. When you think about your... So I have two questions for you. My first question is, is there a moment within the past year, past few years, where you felt like you had made it as a designer? Like, no. No, 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 no. no, no. Like no. being featured in a certain magazine no, or no. someone wearing your... No. We're nowhere near where I want to be yet. Okay. Not even close. What is the type of woman you want wearing your clothes do you have that picture in your head um no like sometimes people will try to ask this ask us this and I always I always like pivot because I think do you think it's someone like you or do you think for each piece you design or do you have a different person in mind well okay so here's the thing about the, the 
the brand. I don't even really feel like I can call it a brand yet because I really feel like that's up to consumers to say yeah. in a way rather than me and like try to shove it down people's throat. But like I said, it's very autobiographical. At this point, it's still just me talking about things that I like. Mm -hmm. I do think that like the brand and myself is like a Venn diagram. So I'm kind of like the girl and she's kind of like me, but there's definitely like we're not the same person. I'm also like very hard on myself in terms of like what I want to yeah, accomplish. Yeah, I, I can tell. Because you're like, you've been, <laughs> by all like measures of six, traditional, like the way that we measure success in terms of like press and awareness, like you've had all of those things, but you still see yourself as like so far from yeah, for sure. having made it. But you know, press is not, it's so fickle and it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It press does, is, it, doesn't it, mean anything. It does mean something. You, maybe you've gotten to a point where you don't think it means something, but think about us growing up on the internet. If you read, if you had been yeah, 15 right. okay. and read about a girl like you, okay, you right. would be like, whoa. Like, I mean, it's, you're right. You don't think about the thousands and thousands of guys and girls that are reading a story about you and thinking, oh, wow, I can be a fashion designer. Yeah, I guess part of it is that I know the people that wrote about me. And so in that sense, it feels less right. like a thing. And it, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I totally get that. But for the, the kind of like reach and exposure that those publications have, and mm -hmm. the amount of people that you're able to touch just with your story, it's huge. Because you know, we were, we were talking about this earlier in terms of like representation and knowing what's possible. We all probably like I got into blogging because I didn't see people like me in like the mainstream mm -hmm. like digital media. So mm -hmm. like that's why we all created our own blogs. Mm -hmm. So when you do see stories like yours, it's inspiring, you know? Um, thank you. I have to remind myself <laughs> yes. of that. Yeah, I do. Because I, I, de I definitely don't do that enough. I'm definitely like, okay, we're going to do this next. We're doing this next. We're doing this next. Like, wait till we're here. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, there's a lot of people that like will Instagram or DM or something that are like, thank you or keep going. And then, but I don't know. I mean, aren't you like that? Like, do you ever like feel like people, are you not harder on yourself? Like some people, maybe no. like your perception is like to other people's like, oh my gosh, she's so this, but you just feel so down, like not I'm not hard on like myself. deprecating, but like just de grounded. You don't see yourself as like as cool maybe as other people see. I mean, I don't think people think I'm cool. <laughs> I don't I think, think they do. Really? I thought you were cool when I saw you on Glamorous Accenture. Oh, well, yeah, we were like teenagers then. I, mean, I think, <laughs> but still. Yeah, no, I think, I think. Um, oh, come on. No, pause. I have to, I have to like drill this home. There's tons of people that think you're cool. I'm sure you like, really? yeah, you're like a black girl who lives in New York. That alone already people think is like pretty crazy. And you yeah, have this like a beautiful wedding and you're on Vogue or you, you, you know, some people just, you don't know what, and I guess I should be saying this that's, to myself. You have no idea what. That's true. That's true. I, when I was living in see, London, I, I remember. was, I was in, like I did. I was in British Vogue. It was like a holiday shopping guide and like they like followed me for one day like shopping. I mean, obviously all staged because of this yeah, Vogue. Yeah. And like all of these people, like just like girls from the internet like reached out like I saw you in Vogue today. Like it's amazing. I'm like, wow, like people actually care. Yeah, so or, people think you're cool for sure. But, but even, <laughs> what, did, what did I say? As soon as you came over, I was like, it's crazy to me that you listen to my podcast. Like, Which is not crazy to me at all. It is crazy. Because one, it's like an hour-long commitment, so to everyone listening, like, thank you. <laughs> and it's, but because you think, I don't know, I think that you get into a point, if you're creating anything, whether it's content or clothing, where you're creating without the, 
understanding of like people consuming it after at least for me yeah yeah yeah. you know you're just like in a creation mode and you're not thinking about how are people gonna but that's also beautiful yeah because you get a lot of magical moments that way and it resonates in ways that you couldn't even imagine with other people true I'm I'm not like a jack of all trades kind of person I'm definitely focused on like building a fashion brand specifically and focusing on that and getting it really good and getting um building a product range um, like I want to do like big business. Yeah. Which sounds crazy. Kind of. No, not um, at all. I mean, one of the things I really admire about you is that you realize that in order to build your brand, you had to like quit everything else. You became yep. like a babysitter, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. You were like a nanny yep. so that you could have a flexible schedule and do mm-hmm. what you wanted to like make it happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes that courage to yeah like make that jump yeah I wanted to yeah for sure I uh I always knew that this is what I wanted to do probably not always but I mean probably since I was like 17 18 or at least when I decided to go to school I think that I probably started out my own a a bit too green than I should have or should have whatever that means on it okay that's a that's a point that I want to talk about being naive I think is like the key to success that's what I hear no honestly Like people, like people will be like, I really want to start a podcast, but like, I don't know where to start. And like, I need to find a studio and an editor. And I'm like, when I wanted to start a podcast, I literally like amazon.com, like ordered some equipment and just like did it. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't think about it. I didn't think about it being perfect. I was like, I'm just going to start doing it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't like, what, what's the standard? I I don't know. I'm just going to put it out there in the world. And if people like it, they like it. Are like the, your top three ultimate favorite beauty products. I'm really quite basic. Okay, so you have, you have like a simple beauty routine. Uh, totally, it's not exciting at all. Okay. Um, it's concealer, powder, and mascara. That's concealer, it. powder, mascara. That's it. What concealer do you use? Well, this is really crazy because for years I would have sworn that I wore Bobbi Brown in chestnut. Okay. It's foundation stick. It's a little concealer stick. Um, but Glossy just sent me this freaking package the other day and now I'm obsessed with their stretch concealer which I did not think oh, I would be. Oh wow. Wait no. they sent it to you like because you're like an influencer well, and cool? No no no. Well I mean I don't know that's weird but um I we just did a feature with them. Okay. And so Tom Newton hi Tom the guy that shot us um I brought him a, I sent him a gift the same gift that I have here oh for you God, today and he in return sent me a bunch of Glossier because because in the conversation he was like have you tried this of ours because I already have a lot of Glossier stuff that I've bought as as a customer and he was like have you tried this and that and I said I don't think you make it in, our, in my color and he was like no we totally do and I was like I don't think you do and he was like wait and so he sent me this whole package of stuff of goodies that's dope I need to try their products and one of them was a concealer and I so now I will say that my new favorite thing is their stretch concealer which is crazy stretch it, concealer that's what it's called and what shade do you wear I don't know whatever shade he gave me okay amazing this shade. so you do Concealer, mascara, what's your mascara brand? Your your eyelashes, are those real? Is that rude of me to yeah. ask? No. Your it's eyelashes pattern. are insane. <laughs> Thank you. Do you curl them? No, I don't do anything to them but put mascara on them. Whoa. Yeah. Because you've got the bottom lashes popping. Yeah. It's all mascara. It's all YSL mascara. Okay. And I use the same mascara to fill in my brows. And that's all I that's literally Whoa. all I do. You use the mascara to fill in your brows. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because people are like buying these like brow gels which are pretty much just mascara for your that you just put on your eyebrows i mean okay. i bought boy brow because i love glossier but like honestly the wand isn't big enough for me and i just use mascara okay so those are literally the only three things that oh, i wow. use on my face every day. you don't do blush or no, anything no, no, no. 
That's all I have on today. Really think sweating every day is good for your skin. Totally. So are you a workout girl? No, no like not like a girl. Like I do all the like <laughs> so I'm not Hannah Bronfman. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. more power to her because she's she's yeah. awesome when it comes to it. Um, no, I, mean, I don't. I wouldn't say like I'm a gym rat or anything, but like I do think that it's important to do that. Yeah. yeah. What are you into? Do you do yoga, Pilates? Um, yoga and also just like good old fashioned going to the gym. Okay. Like, do, are you treadmill? Treadmill and podcast. Like, That's like my Netflix and chill. For like... <laughs> treadmill and podcast. I'll do a treadmill for like 15 minutes. Just like warm up. So, okay. Here's the thing. I go to the YMCA. I live in Brooklyn. It's right down the street from my house. And so is my yoga studio. So I'll do a combination of the two. It's either I'll go to the gym and then I'll go to yoga right afterwards. Sorry. Either I'll go to the gym and I'll go to yoga right afterwards or I'll go to the yoga and then I'll go to the gym. But like there has to be a combination because yoga doesn't really make you... Oh my gosh. It's not... You can't like... It, lose weight like it doesn't really do anything i mean I used it's to be, great to stretch and stretching like, yeah you seem like they're like you're naturally slim like even if you didn't do anything you'd still probably be probably because i always have been an m kenny i think it is genetic yes but um i am way more aware of uh overall wellness. wellness yeah than i used to be for sure yeah. Not because I like got crazy out of control, but just because I had started to notice like, okay, this might be genetics, but do you want to wait to see and find out if it's not? <laughs> like you should still try to, but right. I grew up dancing. Oh, you did? What kind of yeah, dance yeah. did you ballet, do? Ballet, like contemporary jazz, tap, like the whole, everything the studio oh, offered. Cool. They made us do ballet because they were like, that's your core technique. But, yes, yes, yes. Um, I did all of that stuff too. Yeah. So that's why I like yoga so much because it just kind of keeps me flexible mm-hmm. and it's like, it's similar kind of. Okay. Not really, but. Okay. Other than that, so, uh, sweating every day is really good for your pores. Okay. Opens up your pores. It like, does. Um, and then like coconut oil or shea butter. Coconut oil, like, even though there's not a comp- there's not a coconut oil company, but like if I could have a sponsor for this podcast, it would be coconut oil. Coconut oil companies, Calbrook. I mean, it literally comes up every episode because everyone is really? obsessed. Everyone is obsessed with coconut oil. Because you can use it for your hair, you can use it to shave your legs, you can use it as a moisturizer. Well, that's the only thing I use it for, is that. A moisturizer. Yeah, I don't yeah. use it for anything else. Okay. Like hair, like body. Do you cook with it? No. Oh, it's amazing to cook with. Oil. Is there a benefit to using coconut versus olive oil? It, flavor-wise, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, I made like a, a very like Thai dish and I did the broccoli and coconut oil and it tasted really amazing. Mm. I did like a chicken satay with peanut and coconut oil. You're a cooker, you like to cook? I love to cook. I love to cook. Mm, do I, mm, I wish I, I wish I did. I wish I could say that because I feel like it's I, a very sexy thing to say. I love to cook. And it's so funny because on my Instagram story, I'm always like cooking. And like my brother like messaged me yesterday and he was like, Martha Stewart, your Instagram stories are becoming so boring. Like, please stop I'm sure following cooking every single day. And what are the fashion trends or beauty trends? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's keep it in the beauty realm. What are the beauty trends that you are like over? Beauty trends that I'm over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beauty trends that I'm over. I, I'm just not really. I'm kind of over just the whole. Uh, so, <laughs> a homeboy of mine, he he coined the term HD, HD girls. That's what he calls them. Okay. Um, meaning they look really great if they're going to be in high definition camera, but in yes. real life. Okay. Yep. Yep. So just yep. the whole contouring, like mm-hmm. extravaganza, the whole like tons of makeup thing. It's not even that the makeup is done poorly. Yes. It's just, it's just too much. It's just a little too. But it also that could just be my person. No, no, no. You're right. I'm <laughs> just going to decide for you. You're right because girls are doing way too much. It's a lot. It's the brows. It's you know the eyeshadow and the contour and the lip color. And I just really. 
I don't know. I'm just one of those less is more kind of people, and then just pick one. Like, do a great color and lashes and be done. Or, you know, just keep it simple and fresh and... I don't know. I would really love to see that dye. Are there any other beauty trends that you just, like, really don't like? Just plastic surgery. Really? Yeah. What's your issue with plastic surgery? I don't really have an issue with it if you want to, like, tweak something and then keep it moving. Mm -hmm. I just... I get a little concerned about, like, the mental health state of people that are, like... I just find... I've heard that it can be very addicting, which it seems uh, like Mm -hmm. a natural thing. Yes. That become addicting. Are you including cosmetic surgery in that? So, like, Botox, Restylane... I'm not a fan of any of it. Okay. But also, like, well, for me. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of people get stuff done. I have friends that have gotten Botox and whatever. So I can just, like, start. I mean, here's the thing. I've I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I did Restylane. It's completely worn off now. It's been, like, a year. Like, I don't know what that is. I'm saying I don't like it. I, don't I know. know. <laughs> what is that? You like, it, like, so I have, like, hollows under my eyes. But eye. that's hot! Okay. That is another another person's interpretation. I was like, I always look tired, so I'm going to, like, plump up under my eyes. And honestly, like, to be 100% honest, like, I didn't even get enough to, like, make a difference because I was so scared of scared, looking yeah. like I got anything done. And the mm-hmm. woman, when, I was, when she was putting it in, she was like, this is going to be very minimal. And I remember showing my husband and my parents, and they were like, you, you, you spent $800 for this? Like, you look exactly What was the it same. supposed to do? It was supposed to, like, fill this? Like, fill in. Is it filler? It's filler. What they call filler? Okay. For, like, the hollows under the eyes. So I probably wouldn't do it again, because I agree with you sort of, like, your face is your face. Just work with it. But I'm also relatively young, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I'm going to feel in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Like, maybe after I have children, I'll want to get a little, like, lift. Yeah, I thought about that. Maybe if I have children, I might want to get like a little tuck or like some type of scar removal. Or you know, I think the scar yeah. removal thing is genius and beautiful, and that's actually crazy technology that you can yeah. do stuff like that. Yeah, that doesn't even necessarily have to be like because you're vain. It could just be yeah. because you got in a car accident, whatever. Right. Um. Who knows? Maybe if like children have been like feeding off of these, I might want to like get <laughs> input. I don't. I don't know. But my natural gut instinct, is, being myself, is that I doubt that I would. Like, don't mess with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I just. I don't know. Even like, I just that's the that's the beauty trend that I want to die is that like people feeling like because they know that they can fix it, they right. are going to try to fix it rather than just be like because like for me, I do recognize that you might feel that your eyes are hollow underneath. Yeah. It's not that I don't. It's not like I'm like. Yeah. That doesn't exist, Like, but I also think it's beautiful. It, it's kind of like, it, it, it reminds me of like kind of how I feel about my natural hair. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, I realized, I got to a point where I realized I'm never going to have like the perfect twist out. Like, with, like yeah. I, just, it's I not, never got them ever again. It's not going to happen. Like, it's just going to be like this. This is how it is. But it's great. But it's like mine. And yeah. it's, it's almost like I've, I've, I've stopped holding myself to the standard of like Pinterest and like YouTube natural yeah. hair beauty standards. Like, I'm not, it's not. It's not in the cards for me, so I'm just gonna like work with what I've got. I mean, if I was looking for imperfections in my face and I truly felt they were there and they were like consuming me in a way that I really walked myself to a, true an appointment true. and it, there's something wrong with that person. See, I feel like that's a politically correct answer to say. I don't even agree with that. I don't really think. I don't know. It's it's a it's a fine line. Yeah, it kind of comes back to this idea about like policing women's like who you know people got so mad at Kendrick Lamar for. That lyric. Oh, that line, but I didn't mind. And and but I didn't mind it at all. I was actually kind of confused by the backlash, and I had to kind of like read about it to be like, wait, why is everyone mad? But but their point was, don't tell me how to filter my he pictures. Wasn't saying that. 
Don't tell me that natural is better. Don't tell me that wearing no makeup is better. If I want to have a full face and be like beat to the gods and have a weave <laughs> and like, you know, face tune all of my pictures and like cinch in my waist and get butt implants, like let, I should be allowed to do that. Don't tell me that that's not as beautiful as who I am naturally. I don't think he was telling anyone anything. He's an artist, and I think he was just expressing himself, which is his right. But I, I do actually think that if somebody wanted to do that, I would say you should just reevaluate yourself. <laughs> Truly. Well, but, but isn't there judgment in that? Isn't there some judgment in, in us thinking that women no. who do want to do that need no, to No, because re-evaluate? you're judging yourself more harshly than I could ever judge you. You're doing that to yourself, which is why you want to fix all of those things. It's Like I said, I don't have a problem with plastic surgery or something if you're going to fix a little something. If you're like, I want to get a breast lab, I want to get my some Botox. I want to... But there are a lot of women who, once they start, they can't stop. True. And True. I think there's something to be said about that. Like, yeah. you want to get this, and then you want to get your breasts, and then you want to get... you're already wearing, like, it's just, it's too much. That was the answer to my question. It's too much. Too much. It's like eyelashes and ass and boobs it's and Botox like and weave and hair. It's like nails. And at, at some point, it's like there are some women, they may not be you or me, but there are some women who truly don't feel comfortable walking out of their house unless they're totally all of those components are together. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a very real thing, and I don't want to judge those women, but even I've seen things like the no makeup challenge where people challenge themselves to not wear makeup, and I'm like, is it that, is it that is hard? Is it that deep? Is it that brave to go outside without makeup? Yeah. I mean, maybe it is, and, I, and I'm being judgmental about women that feel like they need to wear makeup every day. But, like, whatever. I'm not playing that game. Trump is president. The political correctness is out the window. Like, I'm not playing that game. Like, right, right. oh, I don't want to say, like, the, wrong, like, the fact right. is you're judging right. yourself more harshly than yes. I could ever do it. So don't talk to me about how I'm, do you know what I'm saying? You're right. Don't talk to me about how I'm judging you. You're not comfortable with the way you look. True. And yeah, all I'm doing right. is noticing that. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Right, I'm right. judgmental. Like, that's right, crazy. Right, right, right. You think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very interested in your answer to this last question. I'm scared. Don't be scared. I ask everyone. Okay. And everyone's always like, oh my God, why would you ask me that? Okay, so the question is, when do you feel the most beautiful? Mm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't... So, so, so... When do you feel the most beautiful? So, I don't know. So my, my answer kind of varies, but I think, so what's interesting to me is some people, a lot of people will say like, it's when I'm fresh out of the shower and like I've put coconut oil all over my body and I'm just like clean and feeling good. Other people will be like, it's when I've had a professional makeup artist like beat my face and I'm wearing like an amazing dress and like high heels. I think for me, my answer varies depending on like my mood and sometimes it's related to like people. So like when I'm around people like me, then that can sometimes make me feel more beautiful. Sometimes it's like accomplishing something. So like Gillian, who I um, interviewed, she was saying that like she feels most beautiful when she accomplishes something that people told her that she couldn't accomplish. So she like got this like Saint Laurent DJ gig and people told her like it would never happen. And she just like walked out beaming when she found out that she booked it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the word beautiful in this case is like very malleable then because I Yeah, no, no. It's totally, totally open to interpretation. When do I feel the most beautiful? Um, I mean... For all the feminists out there, they're going to hate this answer. <laughs> no, go for it. I don't... I feel the most beautiful, I suppose, when um, like when I'm in love. 
Hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to have, like, no makeup on. And, yeah. Because I, I, I don't... The reason why I said, like, the feminist comments is, like, I hate to attach it to the... Attention of a man. Attention of a man type yeah. of thing. Um, but I would say, like, when I'm in love with somebody and um, and we're just being, like... Which is really only... It hasn't happened many times, honestly. Um, but just that, that type of, like, transparency, like, whether it's, like, laying in bed or having to make... Yes. Like, being yourself around someone yes. else. Yes. And that. when you feel like they see you mm-hmm. as you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and they're accepting it and they're still, you know, and they're appreciating it and living it. You can get that from like your girlfriends, of course, True. or like whatever. But yeah. I think there's something just different about. Totally. Yeah. Like being with a man and them like loving you and seeing you for who you are. And like, I think, yeah, that's like a super vulnerable position to be in. It is. Sometimes. And, and sometimes that vulnerability makes you feel more beautiful, exactly, you know? Exactly. When they're like totally comfortable with you and, and like still very, yeah, I would say like when I'm in love or yeah, something like that. No, that's, I, I, I totally understand that. So you're like low key romantic. Oh yeah. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. I feel like we could have done like 15, like honestly, we've spoken for an hour and a half and we could talk about so much more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's late. I know. You'll have to come back I and know. like do the I show again to. and we can like do multiple. This is great. Everybody try to convince Brooke to do her, well, this is her own show, but like another bigger own show. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm, I'm, you're really good at this. Thank you, thank you. I've been putting out two a month, which I'm like very committed to doing. Mm-hmm. If I ever like get enough stamina, I can try to do like every week. But well, you do it outside of working a nine to five. I know. I know. Would you ever want this to be your nine to five? Um. If your nine, to, if this paid as much as your job does right now, which one would you pick? Oh, absolutely. Talking to people that I like and admire, I would pick this. Okay, yeah. So then there you go. Yeah. Okay, something to think about. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Naked Beauty podcast. I love Naked Beauty. Yes. Big fan. And then good, good to uh, reconnect with an old friend. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Blogspot.com. <laughs>